This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Today's episode is a continuation of the conversation we started in episode two, where Michelle shared some key moments from the early part of her painting career. Today, we're talking more about my path into painting. Do you do you feel like you have an epiphany moment? There are certainly some similarities, some connections at least in the feelings of what you've talked about because I also had a kind of a trauma, an event that really threw me and, and had me questioning perhaps not always particularly articulately or clearly questioning, more like just thrown in that maelstrom of what's going on. Where's the firm ground that I can put my feet on? Because my catalyzing event is really come about through my health because I've had a chronic illness called Crohn's disease since I was 20 and I'm 40 something now. Over the years, particularly in my 30s, I ended up having a series of surgeries and none of them were particularly um, planned or expected. There was a major emergency surgery that I took a long time to get over and then something else happened and I had another surgery three years later. And then I thought, okay, the worst is is behind me. And then something uh, else came up which was incredibly unexpected and when I look back I feel like we we really try to hang on to the status quo as much as possible and I was having Mm -hmm. symptoms and things were coming up and I was in complete, complete denial that I had an issue and I remember I went into the specialist consulting rooms for review because to because I was having these problems and he said well I think we need to admit you to hospital and do some exploratory surgery and I was like no no I'm fine I'm fine we don't need to do that and I was (laughs) literally standing walking trying to walk towards his door to leave the consulting rooms and I was hunched over in pain and he's like look at yourself you know, we need to to do this. So then I ended up having uh, surgery that evening. I was admitted to hospital and having surgery again. And that was a little bit like the straw, I think, that broke the camel's back because I felt like one surgery, I can be resilient, I can come back from that and get back to be, you know, the productive and, and the things that we talked about in your life, Michelle, I can bounce back to being the person who had a writing business, self-employed and commercially successful. Mm-hmm. I can do all the things that are, you know, expected. So were you just, just like, how am I going to do all this? I feel like after the third surgery... It, it, it was, why does this keep happening? I went into surgery thinking it was going to be one problem to do with my illness, but it was actually a completely <laughs> unrelated thing oh, that they discovered whiz. and then that was taken care of. But 
you mentioned when you were talking, Michelle, about, you know, the universe has this master plan. I'm not quite so sure about the master plan, you know. <laughs> I think it's a little I think it's a little more chaotic, but it, it doesn't matter if it's a plan or not. Yes. Because the result is that these things happen and they show that our our best laid plans yeah. don't really count for much, I guess. That's what happens. And so when these events happen, the passing of loved ones, really serious illnesses, life-threatening events, I think what it highlights is that the stories and the structures that we've built our lives on, which we thought were very reliable and set in stone, that things that we thought were really solid aren't that solid. Yeah, yeah. That life moves into flux basically and then you respond to that however you respond to it Mm -hmm. whether it's with you know tears and anger and all those things you know like everything starts coming to the surface everything that's been ordered before that you've managed to put into certain boxes comes to the surface and then I think we're in this kind of could be getting a bit carried away here but it's like you become this primordial goo inside and you don't know what's going <laughs> to yeah. come out of it it could be a it, it could be a butterfly it could be a zombie <laughs> yep i agree what, what's going to happen nobody knows so i guess that's how i would describe those kind of moments really is is that we get really shaken down to our core and then we're in this kind of goo state yeah yeah and you just picked a paintbrush up at the same time So what happened was because I had periods of feeling very down and being unable to be productive, unable to work, to do things, to keep it together kind of thing. I wasn't keeping it together. So I was encouraged and did find it useful to go for walks in nature. I was literally just breathing and looking at the sky. And I guess it was about being present. And over several months, it was really lovely walking amongst the gum trees and looking at the sky it kind of seeped into my bones so just like you I came home one day and I had this urge to paint I had in the past from time to time done different hobbies so I'd done creative type hobbies yeah photography I'd done stitching I did crafty type things A few years earlier, I'd taken a a course where we did abstract painting and I still had the paints lying around. Uh And I think I actually went out and I knew I wanted to do something really big. So I went to an art shop and bought two really big canvases. Hold on, wait a minute. You were like, I'm going to paint out of the blue and you went and did big ones straight off the bat. Yeah, awesome. they were 90 centimeters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was having these big feelings. Wow, that's so brave. That's like your commitment to that just... Yeah, it's, it's odd looking back, isn't it? I was really gripped by an impulse at that time. And there was certainly no idea. There was nothing in my mind that I was thinking, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a painter now. So you were just in these two big giant paintings with no... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> feeling down I'd been feeling depressed I'd been feeling anxious I'd been walking uh-huh. looking at the sky looking at the gum trees and I guess I wanted to move it out of me and it didn't look anything like any of those sort of 
things I'd done in courses which were very much just doing what a teacher showed you, yeah. you know, flowers. Yeah. And they weren't the same colours. Just um, raw emotion. Yeah, this was blue and grey and white and it was big and I don't know, it was probably a little weird. I just did it and I put it up on the wall. Did you then have any, like, oh, that was kind of fun? Oh, it was heaps of fun. Just say, both of us, when we started painting, we did it because it was fun. We just, it was fun. Yeah. I remember um, going into the room. I hung, because of course, how am I going to paint on these huge canvas? I wasn't prepared for any of that. I hung them up on a hook on the wall. Oh, did so they're you? swinging around while I'm banging on them. <laughs> I love um, I love that about being a new artist. You just, you just yeah, you make no do. Idea what you're you doing. don't. It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's very, yeah. there's lots of good things that come from that. And actually, now that you mention it, I do remember moments of feeling like, oh, I'm going to go in my room and just push some paint around. Mm -hmm. Like, that'll be a nice feeling break from all of this other (laughs) crap that I'm feeling, all all things that I have to work out. Yeah. And I didn't really catch on to that straight away. Like, I I think I continue to do a, a little bit here and there. But I don't think that I leapt in. I wasn't going, great, let's get another three big, let's get another ten. I was going to say, because going big off the bat, it puts so much pressure of what's coming next. You know, what I did is then took a step back into something like we talked about that I was more familiar with, which was photography. Okay. And then I started a project of taking photographs of the sky and Uh posting those and kind of inched my way back around to doing you're right I did start smaller again and start and I fact I started on bits of cardboard discarded cardboard boxes I did a whole bunch I'm like I want to do more of this but you know I don't want to use any expensive materials after the big paintings you went to cardboard yeah after I went (laughs) I hey I'm I used screen printing ink for almost a year I, I mean, and yeah, and kids paint. I mean, I think in the beginning when you just, to, you know, you just have to use what you have in front of you. I always think if, if you think too much of it, you're probably not going to do yeah. anything, right? Like if you just didn't grab that cardboard, you probably would have done nothing. Yeah, yeah. Or have been limited in doing multiples, you know, trying to make one perfect looking painting. Yeah. Which it wasn't what started it in the first place. It was just going in and, you know, expressing the feelings. And I think and then in that period to, you know, echo what you had said, after that I was still struggling with having a path that I was on, a particular business, a particular way of making a living, which was not working for me anymore, but which I hadn't come to grips with that somehow I thought I could still make it work still make it work and I was just still banging away at that trying to basically fit a round peg in a square hole it's hard it's hard once you figure out you're you're like oh it doesn't fit anymore and it feels super awkward super awkward yes so I think how do we recognize those moments when I think what would be useful to pass on about those experiences to other people and I think well how do you recognize that I actually don't think that's probably much of a question because I think you do I think (laughs) the question is how do you accept 
that feeling <laughs> that you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a lot of not acceptance in the beginning, denial, absolutely, resistance, trying to maintain the status quo, big identity change. Yeah, I was trying to maintain something that had worked in the past to to be explicit. I was trying to maintain an occupation, a job, a professional presentation, a professional existence mm-hmm. that I had in the world. I was trying to maintain that because it had worked in the past and had kept life chugging along. And I thought the the path of least pain would be just to maintain that, to just keep doing that thing that people like, that people understand the value of. Yeah. That you're good at. Yes. And just just put aside Don't this the weird <laughs> this weird goo. It's <laughs> a weird bubble. If you goo could only package me. the goo and put it somewhere, it'd be easy to ignore <laughs> it. But the goo oozes out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sound like a swamp monster, honestly. And maybe that's probably that's what I felt like. But it's it's so true. You feel like a swamp monster and you're trying to put this this is get really gross now. <laughs> you're trying to put the skin suit back on so that you look like a normal human being. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. Until one day you embrace the swamp monster. And you're like, yeah, it just is. And you say to your husband, like you said to yours, honey. What do you think about me just being a swamp monster full time? <laughs> and the the crowd roars, "Yes, maybe." <laughs> I think I think the people who know us, you know, really know that we need to be the swamp monster. It's not comfortable for them either, probably. I mean, I know in my situation, not. it was like, "Oh, lordy, here we go," but she's got to be a swamp monster, you know? Yeah. You can't squeeze yeah. that big swamp monster back into <laughs> the smaller skin suit nope. that they burst out of. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure that suit has has these popped open <laughs> zippers. <laughs> like it just it doesn't <laughs> hold together anymore. And I think that that brings me to a point we should talk about again later, which is the illusion of this identity that we Mm. have that we have such a hard time breaking free from yeah and that identity is packaged in the way that people see us the way we see ourselves and we're you know so locked into that identity um Mm. and and it takes these big moments doesn't it that's what we're talking about it takes these kind of so we we've talked about epiphany moments but it's not so much I think it's really interesting that we focus on we call them epiphany moments but what they actually are is breakdown moments yes yes that are (laughs) that are initiated by some kind of really you know catalyzing world turning upside down event that's happened outside of us completely and then that's caused a breakdown of that illusion yeah and that's step one step two and on and on it goes yeah and when you the good news about breakdowns that are so horrific is you're at the bottom there's no place to go (laughs) i mean honestly that's the best way i could say to rise above is like where else can you go it's just you've cracked open your your goo is everywhere it's just yeah and real talk here 
when we talk about showing up, how do you find the fortitude to keep showing up for a particular path at the bottom of those breakdown moments? As you say, you are such a puddle of goo and a mess. I think when you realize that going back doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. There is no, I don't know, unscrambling the eggs. So at that point, honestly, the choices give up, Mm -hmm. like just give up altogether on anything. Yeah. Or thinnest slice of now, next moment. Yes. Next moment, one foot forward. Next moment, one foot forward. And the choices become a lot clearer the further you get. And I guess, you know, when you're about halfway down, maybe you you still think that there's a way of going back and maybe it's it's when you lose that going back i guess we all have different amount amounts of time and yeah yeah pain and whatever it takes to get us to that point but that's honestly real talk what yeah what it feels yeah like to no me. i think yeah. that's it's a great description and i and i think you're right that it it's not just a one point in time and it's definitely the breakdowns and I always think of a bridge, you know, when you try to like go back on a bridge, but the bridge is broken and fallen down. There is no, like the bridge is burnt. It's gone. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And the only thing left to do is to pull into the new world, new things. Yeah. Go forward. It's true. You talk about the feelings that we have through those times. There's a lot of grief associated with the breakdown of those illusions yeah because i think you know there's sadness and anger and all those feelings that we've been talking about come up (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just you're talking about sadness i don't mean to laugh like that i i was just (laughs) you're a monster i've said it before and i'll say it again michelle I, i i can't even like I look at it as a cartoon sometimes because I think, you know, you, you're in this distraught state. Yes. And the world is shaking down. This little, this person that's got this bobblehead. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how un- unraveling that all is. Yes. And, and then uh, that in itself becomes another unraveling when you realize that you're not the person you thought you were basically yeah yeah exactly and then but the part that seems probably overwhelming is well then who am i you know and it it becomes if you think too big in the future it's like whoa that's big that's it's a bit heavy and you have to work out that you have to work out who you are in the midst of having lost everything that you thought you were and so you're dealing with all those feelings and as well you're like oh and I have to put together (laughs) and that's why I bust out in laughter because it's like it's very like it's ooey gooey it's ridiculous it's ridiculous (laughs) it's too much for one person but apparently it's what we do (laughs) welcome to being human I think that that's that's the thing we're human and particularly being an artist, perhaps that is what artists are. If we are the people who 
have had our swamp monsters pop out and we can't get it back in anymore. Yes. And, and that and we have to deal with the aftermath and that's and I think, that's being an artist. Exactly. And I think I've I've heard and I don't remember who I've heard this from, but that art is really an expression of humanity. And if you think about mm-hmm. what we do as artists where it is this sort of, you know, personal upheavaling, if you will, and unearthing, it's it's this humanity experience that we're putting out you know it's the breakthroughs and the breakdowns and all these things that come out in these forms of art and that's what makes art so cool though yeah it is that it is a human experience but sometimes it doesn't feel very good a a lot of times (laughs) let's be honest a lot of times it doesn't always feel good it's not like you go in and go yay it's a good you know sometimes those ooey gooey moments are like super not nice Am I right, Beck? Yes. Super not nice. <laughs> Super not like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what if so that's another topic where it's all around, yeah. you know, making things that we don't like and how does this new person how does this new person exist? What does this look like? Yeah, and I don't know, I, it always seems like other people are doing it more elegantly, but in that process of as we've said when you've had the the crumbling down and then you're trying to work out who you are or 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 what you're going to do I certainly can tend to then build up another version which itself gets torn down so it becomes this cycle you talked about the ebb and the flow it becomes a cycle and I think that's why also moments of clarity cycle Mm -hmm. because you build up a new approach, a new feeling of, of firm ground. And then you have another moment of insight where you see, oh, actually that wasn't, that wasn't the, the final ground. So it's actually this flowing river mm-hmm. of being human. Yeah. That's, that's always, it's always moving. It is always moving. And I think that for some reason, I don't know, this could be me, but I think I always thought that that was just, I was just going to get it and the river would stop moving on me or the ground would stop moving. Yes. And that it would be yes. this thing that I felt like I had gotten it, I had arrived, and that that was it. But if we've seen anything in art, it's you know it's constantly moving because your perception has changed you've grown you've explored and all of a sudden your vision is new and so the ground changes because it's like climbing up a mountain your vanish point has changed just doesn't look the same exactly yes perfect i have a wonderful quote on this from my favorite um writer who I may end up quoting every episode in one way or another. Yeah. There's this wonderful book by a writer called Brenda Yuland, which is called If You Want to Write. So it's directed to writers, but the subtitle is A Book About Art, Independence and Spirit. So she does talk more about making art generally. And one of my favorite quotes from this is, <laughs> remember always that the true self is never a fixed thing. You can never say, good, today I found at last what I am really like. You cannot say that because the true self is always in motion like music, a river of life, changing, moving, failing, 
suffering, learning, shining. That is why you must freely and recklessly make new mistakes in writing or in life and do not fret about them but pass on and write more. And do not try to be consistent for what is true to you today may not be true at all tomorrow because you will see a better truth. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you for joining our conversation today. If you've had big life events that have shaped your art journey, come and let us know at Unearthing Art on Instagram. As always, if you're looking for more about the show or anything that we've mentioned, you'll find that all at unearthingart.com. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.